Hello, you are listening to the Rude Health Podcast with me, Hayley Food Ninja, where I aim to bring you all the latest tools, tips and strategies to help you create your own version of healthy without a kale smoothie in sight. Enjoy the episode. I'm very excited today because I have a good friend, someone who's helped me massively with my business international best-selling author, illustrious leader of one of the most popular Facebook groups, Birdman of the South <laughs> Good afternoon. Good morning, Hayley. Thank you for that unique Good morning. introduction. Thank you. Before we start properly, I'm just, should we explain a little bit about the Birdman of the Southwest? Yeah, so I've done quite a lot of podcasts over the years. I have a pretty decent setup here and as you can see i've got the bundled for free with you um headphones uh that come with your iphone yours truly has a thing for birds feathered kind in this instance and <laughs> hayley will know this because we've hung out in brighton together when i used to live there um i like seagulls i've always liked seagulls i just think they're cool I spent one whole summer in Brighton documenting baby seagulls' birth to flight for three months or so. I think I was talking about or two months or so. So anyway, short version is where I live now is on the waterfront and there are seagulls around. And I'm at the top and they can be quite chatty in the morning. And they've been very chatty lately. And they have decided to nest upon my roof and then... The other day, I discovered a mini seagull who I've christened Dave in a little gully in between where I live. And so there's a little wall separating us. And he was kind of quite bemused at this large ape creature suddenly looming over the top. His parents are, as you would expect, very protective. And they like to try and dive bomb me with shit whenever I go out into my own garden. Um, I went away the other day and then there's three of them in there now. So there's then three medium-sized baby seagulls, both their pet. So yeah, so I think they're going to be good. I think they're going to be good. But if you do hear a lot of squawking, I have fed them this morning. I've had a conversation with them. I've told them just to shut up. I said, here's some chicken. Relax. Just (laughs) chill. Leave me alone. So fingers crossed you will not hear the cacophony of seagulls during this recording but i've done my best and so i said as i said to Haley, so hopefully the noise is okay i love podcasts myself there's nothing worse than shitty audio but i've got all my doors closed it's hot as hell and there's a fan over there which i hope isn't going to do it so i'm trying to maintain the ability to deliver quality content without sweating myself into oblivion (laughs) i did not know seagulls ate chicken they eat anything. Like cannibalism or? Yeah, well, they, they will eat anything. I mean, obviously, if you see them raiding the bins, they'll go through some KFC or some fried chicken. But um, I popped my head out the other day because there was a lot of noise. And uh, I think they had some sort of rodent that they were all tucking <laughs> into. And I was like, oh, this is delightful. So, yeah, mum and dad have brought back some treats up here. And I'm just like, yes. So, Lovely. yes. A seagull once swooped down and pinched the sausage out of my hot dog in Brighton. Yeah, once. I've seen that, that happen. A, a limp, empty bun. I'm not going there. I'm not picking that bait up. <laughs> I'm not picking up a bait of you not having a sausage and a sad bun. I'm not doing it. <laughs> not doing it. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. So we'll we'll hope that Dave and his siblings stay quiet yes. for today. So for maybe there's a few people listening who don't know who you are. 
Um, can you tell us a little bit about your business and how and why you started it? Yeah, so I'm currently 42 as of recording this. I started it, <clears throat> I, started, I went online, I believe at 33. It's all a bit of a blur, really. Um, I've had multiple, well, multiple, that's not what I've had a selection of careers, but it's predominantly been in either the corporate space, headhunting, consulting, advertising, marketing, media, sort of big corporate stuff. Or fitness, where I've been a personal trainer, I've run gyms, I was a director of a fitness business, big national chain. So that's the sort of two I sort of flip-flop from. My first business was a gym, which I still have, which is still going to this day. That was my first business, and then I needed, well, there was some downtime, as there is often with PT in the day, and I thought, well, you know, being quite entrepreneurial, I thought, how can I use that downtime more effectively? What could I do to make some money? I heard about something called copywriting. Um, which is not the little C that you see on products and things like that. It is the ability to write compelling words that sell, basically. And I saw a job offer through someone I was following to write emails for $30,000 a year. I thought, well, that's fucking crazy, like $30,000 to write emails. And I ended up not getting the job, but I became very good friends with the person who ran that business. I ended up going into his business uh, sort of like as a trainee funnel builder and copyright and all this kind of stuff. And then ended up becoming one of his main coaches and ended up sort of co-running the mastermind. I, I'm just good at the, the coaching stuff. Yeah. So I grew a pretty big marketing, copywriting ads agency those first few years and then people kept asking me and I had no intention to coach or to do anything there was not a plan but people kept asking me you know when are you going to sell something when are you going to teach us and I was just like okay well back at the time um I'd moved and where I was living so I, I kind of I used to be in headhunting and recruitment so I was pretty good at growing and scaling businesses and stuff and obviously bringing people in to do that I'd got myself down to the point where I was only working really a few hours a week, you know, off the back of, you know, 5 a.m. to midnight kind of days for a couple of years. That parlayed into a little bit of a drink hobby. So, you know, nothing wrong with having a couple of drinks at the end of the day. It's quite normal, especially in UK. Um, but a couple of drinks became a few drinks. Then that became more and more. And I was just drinking every night because I was just bored, to mm. be honest with you. And, and a little bit, you know, there's a few personal things that I hadn't quite worked out um you know sort of like using it to kind of you know, numb myself to some of the things that I had to probably deal with at the time and yeah I decided to set up a Facebook group called Coffee with Dan and I thought if I, I I'm very much a man of my word so if I say I'm going to be somewhere at a time I've got a real thing about a bit obsessive about being on time for stuff mm -hmm. so I thought if I show up in this group every day like for accountability Nine o'clock in the morning, I'm not going to get hammered the night before because I will not not show up for people. Did a Facebook post saying, look, thinking about starting this Facebook group, this is the plan, show up in the morning, check, so basically check in, check out posts is what we used to do. Nine o'clock, and I think it was two o'clock, I think, we'd say what we did so far and then go on our merry way. I think 500 people joined that in two days, which is ridiculous. It's now about... 17 nearly 18,000 um that parlayed into a load of other things as well and then I wrote a book because I was putting a big event on and stuff I wrote it in three and a half days it sounds that sounds like it might be a shit book but um <laughs> I basically didn't sleep I think I had I think I had equivalent of one night sleep in three days I just literally worked you know got all the stuff I learned put it into it that went crazy bestseller on every single platform uh, multiple times around the world I think we're over a million sales now. I mean, we sold a quarter of a million to Barnes & Noble last year, 
no, two years ago. So that kind of gave me a big bump. I was number one on all of Audible for a while, number one on business, number one on entrepreneurship. Yeah, pretty nuts. So really, I feel, but the main thing I love about that is it's helped a lot of people. Lots of people who've read yeah. and listened to the book have not read books before, don't like reading, have found other sort of style of books very dry. Obviously, there's you know, a handful of people who've, you know, who get their one star who just doesn't like it, which is fine. You know, they pay their yeah. money, they're allowed their opinion. But it's changed, you know, hundreds of thousands of people's lives, which is really cool. And it's also provided me, you know, a great life, a great income. Uh, I have a special needs sister um, whose future would have been in the hands of, you know, the council or, or what if something like that for some of her specialized care. So I'm in a position where I'm able to sort of provide for that. So that's it. Oh, that was long, wasn't it? You did. So yeah, that's it. <laughs> a little shout out to Anna. Hi, Anna. That's my Probably. sister, by the way. Spoke, <laughs> want to call her. So obviously that's like quite a journey, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that I really like about your journey and in particular, a lot of the things that you talk about online are you are really open about your health. Yep. And I think that puts you in a minority because obviously a lot of online gurus, I know you're not one of the gurus. I've but... never called such a thing. <laughs> But many people, you know, a lot of business owners will not talk about their health online. I've come across that issue, you know, because that's who I'm trying to help. And I actually did a poll um, on LinkedIn and on Facebook. And a lot of people said they don't want to look weak in front of their competitors and stuff like that. So why, firstly, why are you so open about your health? And secondly, obviously, it hasn't put you at a disadvantage. And do you think more people should kind of normalize chatting about the effects of business on their health yeah I mean for me personally so look my background you know I said I was in the fitness space before this you know I knew what to do I got a degree in sports and nutrition back in the day obviously the things have advanced a lot since those days but quite frankly I made a decision and this was my choice where I said I was prepared to make sacrifices and I would see where the chips would fall so I basically said to myself, well, look, I've got to make sure I provide something for my sister in the future. And I wanted a good life myself, you know, not just purely mm-hmm. altruistic. There was a personal reason and a, an altruistic reason. And I effectively quit caring about a lot of things that I probably shouldn't have done. I don't regret having done it, but it was not smart on reflection. So for me, I was very honest, you know, yeah, because people said you got to where you were quite quickly. And I was like, yeah, but I also didn't sleep. I lived off caffeine. I lived off nootropics. You know, my drinking was excessive. I ate shit. Um, Not literal shit, but, you know, crappy (laughs) food. You know, I would rely on things like, you know, takeaways and and quick stuff because I was working all day long. You know, I had a a pot, one of those old school, they see in like a films in America, those big pots of um, coffee. And I'd go through two of those a day. Wow. You know, I was living off nootropics and just taking anything to kind of keep me going. And yeah, it, it definitely affected some of my physical health stuff. You know, I was also into like powerlifting. I was very strong. So, you know, I was kind of mm-hmm. lifting big, big weights. But I look back at pictures of me and, you know, you can clearly see that I've got some muscle there. But fuck me, I had some fat as well. And quite frankly, I just looked like I was ready to burst, you know, kind of yeah. clearly high blood pressure. You know, I wasn't sleeping. My mental health wasn't fantastic, but I ground it out. And it's one of those things. And to the point where, you know, it was close to if I didn't make some changes, it would have finished me off. I had a few little warning signs and a few trips to the hospital, which were kind of a little bit, uh, but it wasn't scary. It was just kind of like, oh, is this is this where I am now? 
So, but I realized that, it, you know, I could make changes and I knew it wasn't going to be quick. My whole ethos is showing up daily and doing things over time. And I just, you know, I know that any sort of transformation or change was going to do it. And I, and I wanted to share because a lot of people talk about making changes. I've done the same, you know, for, you know, I've learned the hard way. I would, I now I'd say now that's more philosophy, but then I'd be like, go all in, do all the things. And I would do the same thing over and over again. I think a lot of us do this as we get older. We still think we have the body and the resilience of, a, of our twenties. And that's not the case. You know, I jumped straight into a routine. I'd start doing, you know, like four or five spinning sessions in the morning, hitting the weights every night, you know, eating super clean. And then I'd have one day where I'd be stressed and I'd just fucking snort two pizzas back to back or I'd get injured because I just, you know, would like now nah, fuck all this warm up nonsense. I'm just going to go back in like I used to. And yeah, it was always, you know, best intentions, but there would always be a setback. So I decided to kind of reach out, you know, to, you know, you're one of the people I've reached out to over the years um, to get that back on track in a way that was sustainable. And I've pretty much maintained that now for like two plus years. Yeah. You're you're probably the healthiest now that you've ever, well, since I've known you anyway. I mean, I'm probably, I'm in the the small, well, I mean, the smallest genes since my twenties that I'm in right now. I'm, you know, my resting heart rate is under 60. I sleep well. I don't apparently, I mean, anyone watching this can troll me otherwise. I don't apparently look my age, which is good. <clears throat> you know, I could get mistakes on sort of like mid-late 30s as opposed to early 40s, which is nice. You know, I, my skin's better. Everything works well. You know, I feel good. And I make, it's not about, it's not on, my, my, on the mind side of things. It's not like I'm always right now, but I think clearer. I'm more able to make effective decisions. I'm less controlled by anything emotional and I'm wrong less often. So it's not about being right. I'm wrong less often. And I've shared that. One of my things has always been about sharing the good and the bad, you know, and I would say, yeah, I'm going to start, I'm going to do this thing. And then I would fuck up, but I would never hide it. I'm like, ah, come off the way. You know, it's just a case of, I was very open and honest with people and every to the more for me with sort of a decent sized following, what I found is the more honest and open I'm with people and you're right, you wouldn't get people publicly saying stuff, but my DMs and my inboxes would get really chatty because there's yeah. a lot of people who are like, I've struggled with this, I don't do that, I can't do, you know. So, yeah, I think by being open enough to share it, it's inspired other people to make changes. You know, mainly business is my day-to-day, but obviously with the physical side of things, that's also, you know, a lot of people have, you know, not drinking on the head, for example. And bear in mind, I'm not one of those pious you can't drink, you know, I've gone on dates and stuff before and they'll be like, oh, can I drink around you? And it's like, do you know what? I'm probably not going to dive over you to grab your jeans. <laughs> I think you're fine. You know, I've even had people and it's very sweet. People say when they're cooking for me and they're like, oh God, there's wine in this recipe. And I'm like, yeah, I'm probably not going to snort a load of yeah. beef juice with wine. In you. <laughs> you're okay. It's all right. But yeah. And it's, I think by being honest and open, it encourages other people to drink. They're not alone. You know, plenty of other people doing it. And it's I'd say it's more on the male side of things from I've noticed a lot of men don't want to admit failure or doing things wrong. But, you know, realistically, it's, you know, especially online, well, you post something, you tell someone about it in a couple of days, it's forgotten. So it's no yeah. biggie. Oh, that answers your question a very roundabout way. I went off on <laughs> for those of you listening, if you've never heard of it, I have these things called dangents. So I tend to go, I take the question, then I'll go off, off on away. So I hope there was some value in that seven minutes of me talking or whatever it was it's it's good it makes my job a lot easier good 
why do you think, because obviously you've mentioned there that improving your health, it wasn't just a physical thing, you know, your cognitive ability mm-hmm. you know, in terms of like your clarity and yep. probably, you know, better able to make really good decisions and stuff like that. Why do you think so many people don't draw that, you know, join the dots between actually if I look after my shit, my business gets better because I can think better and make better decisions and be more present with people, communicate better. But people just don't seem to make that connection. No one talks about it. Hardly. Mm. I mean, you do. Um, But most people in the fitness nutrition space who who aren't of your caliber, so there's some great people there, I'm not pointing fingers at anyone, you know, what you'll often find is it was kind of like when I used to work as a personal trainer, you would, people would want the physique changes, they'd want the abdominals, the the fat loss, you know, and they'd often say, I want to feel better as well, you know, that's, but they would, they wouldn't really give any credit to what that is. You can't, you don't know what you don't know. So often it was the physical first, you know, for me, I wanted to lose weight. I dropped, I think like 20 something kilos now. Um, For me, it was purely aesthetic. I wanted to look better. There's a certain type of lady that I like. They also enjoy lifting weights and things. And I thought, well, I've got to meet them at least halfway. I looked like, (laughs) you know, I think my favorite phrase when my friend said, he says, you're like 10 pound of shit in a seven pound bag. And I was like, (laughs) So, you know, being, you know, being silly there. But, you know, I did, I wanted to, you know, look better as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because I, like I said, when I made sacrifices, you know, that was not only my physical health, mental health, that was relationships, that was free time and hobbies and friends. You know, I kind of was like, yeah. right, I'm going all in. So I kind of, want, you know, I always said I'm going to get to a point where I could then basically, I don't advise this, but just as, you know, I found this is something that I did. I went all in on something, knowing that there was going to be some damage done along the way. Um, to myself and I said right I'll get to a point where I'm successful enough that I could then start outsourcing and like undo all the work I did which is like working with you and other coaches and trainers and you know meal preps and all this kind of stuff over the years but it's like do I advise it no would I change it no but it worked for me but the mental side of things was just something you just experience as you go along so as you know again I eat better I eat mostly clean now with you know but by clean so I know obviously there's obviously lots of misnomers but I mean I try and eat as least processed as possible yeah just lots of less yeah the less processed food I eat the better I feel but even then when I will have a you know you know I have like days off you know I track all my macros I know what I'm doing you know I track all my steps and my sleep and all that kind of stuff and it's not obsessive I just know what to eat and I've got wiggle room as well I can still enjoy, you know, the pizzas and the burgers, but I tend to now make better choices with that as well. So even though I'm eating, you know, relatively good, nutritious, you know, nutrient-dense food throughout the week, if I want to have a pizza and stuff, I know I've got the, the macros available to keep me, you know, my sustained kind of level that I'm at. But I'll be, instead of just going, right, I'm just going to get domino, you know, nothing against dominoes, but like, the, yeah. uh, but I would generally feel a bit there after that. I will generally make better choices. So I'll get better quality food. So I'll get, you know, a better quality pizza, a better quality burger, a better quality ice cream. So I still enjoy my stuff, but instead of just going volume, which it was yeah. before, eat yourself happy till I feel sick. And I'd sometimes yeah. be sick because I'd eat too much, like a fucking dog. Now I just make better, and I don't have that need to binge anymore and overeat because I, you know, want to. It's like, oh, I've got a free evening, I'm going to go crazy. Now it's like yeah. I'll have, you know, a pizza and a couple of scoops of ice cream. And I, before, I might feel bad about stepping off the what you know on that and then I go that now I'm like do you know what I had a great night last night I was with my friends we enjoyed food together it was social that's worth a modest tiny few grams of weight gain that it may have been off yeah. the back. but it's that it's that whole but everything I just think better off it you know 
I my in, my insides feel better. I sleep better. I'm less moody. I'm not particularly moody, anyway, but I'm just more in control of my thoughts, and it's just made a big difference. You know, I tend to be, you know, I think it all ties in. You know, I eat better, therefore I sleep better, therefore I'm more rested, therefore I'm less likely to make silly, snappy decisions and stuff like yeah. that, or based on emotion because I'm tired or because I'm hungry as well. You know, I've done very extreme diets as well where I just had no energy to do my job or I was just snappy because I was fucking starving. So yeah, it's all, it all ties in nicely. I see it more as, you know, it's like my now philosophy is this is the vessel I've got left. If I look after it, it'll do me good. I'm a huge fan of motorbikes. I've got a few of them. I I look after my bikes. You know, I put in good oil. I put in good petrol. I make sure they're serviced all the time and it works. And it gives yeah. me lots of fun. And it's just the same principle I use after my body. More good stuff I put in within reason, with a little bit of wiggle room for fun, everything's trends upward. Yeah. It's so amazing for me to hear you talk about balance because I remember when we worked together, I remember one of the things that you said to me was like, tell me how many of these chicken wings I can have for all of my calories. <laughs> like, I, tell mean, me I didn't want calories. to live off chicken wings at the time. I'd like the, yeah, it just made me laugh. But I think that that's quite common with business owners because, you know, you talked then about how you've become so successful in a short amount of time by being extreme, by just doing more mm. of, more extreme, faster, you know, go bigger and, you know, more extreme behaviours. And I think a lot of business owners have that personality. And then to try and get people to realise that's your MO for your business and that's how you've been successful. Mm-hmm. But actually, that you can't apply that to your health. It doesn't yep. work. So it's trying to – that mindset shift between, well, that's how I normally get success, but actually I can't get success. Yeah, with you can't apply that to everything. I mean, I, you know, as well, I will say this as well. When I did that um, with the business stuff, it was a perfect storm for me. You know, I was in my early 30s. My partner at the time, um, she was a dancer, so she traveled a lot. So I had a lot of time to do it, you know. To work, you know, no kids, you know, by my sister, um, no real dependents or anything. So I was, I, I said, well, I'm never going to get this opportunity again. So I'm going to give it my all. But applying those principles to other parts of my life just didn't, didn't work. You know, you know, can't go all in on something most of the time. You know, I've, I've learned this the hard way. You know, for example, it's like when I've dated in the past and stuff, I've met someone like, right, we're doing this or not, and it's like, hey, just hang out for a couple of times, Dan, because I just can't. My philosophy is more of a case of I can't be fucked. Let's just get on with it. What we doing? What we doing? You know, what's the yeah. numbers? What's the deadline? Why? We, you know, lots of black relationships. So just everything. Well, say, no, no, no. This is not. This is like general business life. Like, what we doing? When is it done by? Yeah. You know, what's the what's the end date? You know, what's the goal? What's the numbers? You know, in like in yeah. our case, what's the number I need to eat to be pretty? I would say. Yeah. And yeah, obviously, I've learned those numbers over the years. What works for me, but it is everything now is sustainable. Like, if I stay yeah. where I am right now, I, I'm pretty fucking happy with that. Yeah. No, I can see you're you're much happier, definitely. Obviously, you talked about that. You used that kind of method to be successful in your Mm -hmm. business. And I think, again, you're quite unique in the fact that you made a decision that, right, I'm going to use that method, but there's going to come a point where I know it's going to have to change. Mm -hmm. Whereas a lot of people who come to me are always saying, oh, after this launch, I'll do this. Or I just, you know, I'll keep working these 14-hour days after the next project but then the end of that comes and then there's always something else and something else and something else so they never escape from that whereas you manage to say right you know draw a line and say I've used this now I can't sustain that because it's not healthy so what was that point that you 
made that decision or what was it that made you think right okay this is the time that I need to stop doing stuff I mean to be honest I remember sitting down at my mum's um or mum and dad still together my dad passed away a couple of years ago and actually being able to train and stay focused and eat well during a really stressful time actually allowed me to be a good son to my dad in his final days I'm not just throwing that in there for sake of it as a case of you know I didn't you know, it was something that I needed, you know, I was, I was, well, I'd say I was doing a bit of emotional eating then, but, you know, I kind of mm-hmm. was, you know, eating as good as I could during a pandemic definitely helped me during some troubling times as well. It just felt better. But um, for me, back in the day, it was, I sat down and I literally looked left, and there's a mirror there, and my just gut was just there. And then I thought to myself, God, imagine getting fucked by that. <laughs> And I was just thinking to myself, that's not a treat, is it? <laughs> Bear in mind, I am not being, just want to make it super clear, not being sizes, you know, you can be, do whatever you want. Everyone deserves love and intimacy and doesn't, that size is irrelevant. But yeah. for me personally, yeah. I felt minging and I just thought I don't look good. Yeah. And the other thing is I felt it was incongruent with my brand because I felt mm. my brand is about getting shit done. It's about mm. doing what you're saying, doing. I was thinking, right, well, I've done, why am I not congruent? with that there why can't I get that element of the the shit done yeah so I was very honest with myself when I said well look I had a a big push obviously it was going to be a big push it's going to be a big tour but then the pandemic kicked in so I thought to myself not only if I ate better and looked after myself would I be able to sustain the duration of the traveling but I was also going to be on stage and I saw some pictures of me on stage before and you know from if I knew the camera was on me it was okay but a couple of like you know say people taking photos up at you on stage I was like fucking hell and I just didn't feel it was congruent with my brand so Mm. I am not in you know I'm very much a case of I want everyone in my world to be happy and if you're happy you can look how you want be how you want do it it's super cool like I you know, yeah. happy for you. But for me, I was unhappy with how I looked. And the yeah. fact is, you know, I had a brand talking about getting shit done. I come from the fitness industry. Although I still owned a gym and I thought this is not very, very congruent with my message. And I felt it was important to make that as well. So that was that was the kind of like, you know, literally looking over at myself and just going, oh, what's that? Yeah. Was not pretty. And I think it's not, like you say, it's not just about a physical thing, is it? Because I know like when we worked together, you were going to do expert empires, weren't you? Yeah, so you that's were right. Something. Yeah, and I had to be on stage for that. Yeah, and I think just knowing, like going up on stage and knowing that, you know, I've been looking after myself, just that self-esteem that you've got from yep. knowing, hey, I'm doing all the shit that I need to do to take care of myself. It comes across when you It talk. bleeds into everything. And I'll just say, look, if you've, if anyone's listening and there's like thinking, you know, first of thinking I'm a bit of a knob, you're allowed to. That's the beauty of having an opinion, but I've just been honest today on why I did some of the things I did and and we're focusing on them. But for me, you know, I'm a pretty confident person, but that's something I've worked on. Not naturally. I'm naturally an introvert and I've kind of trained myself to be more extroverted and put myself out there more over time. But how I feel walking into meetings, if I meet people at a wedding at the weekend, when I, you know, if I meet a new social group of people, I feel good. You know, I... You know, that, yeah, there's people with, you know, six packs and veins all over them and all that kind of stuff. But I, you know, I look in the mirror. I'm really happy what I present. And do you know what I can walk into? This may sound really small to some people, but it's something that I've always struggled with. I've got very big legs. I was a rugby player for a long time. I was a powerlifter. 
Love squats. Always been a big fan of squats, 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 you know, squats and deadlifts, all that kind of stuff. But I used to kid myself that I couldn't get jeans to fit because of my big legs. And my legs aren't big. They are, you know, large thighs. But I used to have to get like 38 and 40 inch trousers to not only get my legs in, but also the other padding that I'd accumulated. This may sound really small to some people. And I think maybe some of the ladies listening might identify this a bit more, but I could walk into a shop and I could get what I call people clothes. And I used to just, I used to have to get my, a lot of my jeans online because they would never stock the bigger yeah. sizes. So I'd have to get them online. And it was an honestly, when I say I dreaded, like a lot of guys fucking hate shopping anyway, mm. and especially jean shopping. Men are just like, don't fucking want to do this. Do not want to do this. But I, it was, I used to dread it. I used to fucking yeah. dread it. Cause I was like, I'd get it up and I'd get it and then I'd get that point halfway up and I'd be like, for fuck's sake. And then I'd just get hot and annoyed and angry and all this kind of stuff. Now, I mean, I literally have, I've, I wear the same outfit everywhere I go. It's black t-shirt, blue jeans, black, either black trainers or brown boots. I wear the same fucking shit all the time. I'm a large now in my t-shirt, which is the first time since my 20s. And I now can walk into, so I've found, I've never worn like fitted jeans. I now get, I can go, so I, the brand I like, Hugo Boss, um, not being a wanker, just the, the, the jeans, they tend to fit guys who lift a bit quite well, but quite good yeah. stuff. And I can get 34 off the shelf and I don't even need to try them on. I know a 34 fits me, that's yeah. it. So I mean, I have not been able to do for, I'm going to say 15 plus years. Wow. That is a huge thing, I think. And I I, don't, I actually think it's not just women because I heard hear so many of my clients say, you know, I could go into a shop and just know that I can pick up anything and it'll look all right on me. And even, you know, I remember Zach saying, you know, he's lost five stone and he said almost exactly mm-hmm. the same words as you. Like I can just like buy normal person clothes in a normal yeah. shop. It's quite a big thing. It is, it is. And it's just, again, my whole life is like, I try and make my life as simple as possible. And starting this process, you know, with you and then continuing it further, a lot of it was about removing. I had to remove things from my life and make space yeah. to make it happen. You know, like, in you know, it's a case of, you know, I had to take, you know, change my diary, make my plans. So I could actually have time to, again, I come, I came from that school where you just trained, you just trained loads and nutrition yeah. was like, yeah, you just that's just you know try and eat vaguely healthy like get a few carrots in or something you'll be fine <laughs> whereas actually now i maintain the muscle mass i've got really easily and yeah. as long as my nutrition's on point it's so much easier to do it with food than it is with training you know yeah. i haven't got time or i haven't got the body or the hip anymore to train for like two three hours a day which i used to be able to do you know i used to yeah. do that sort of thing i, I don't want to do that now I, you know, I'm still yeah. fit and healthy and like lifting, but it's a case of, you know, if I watch what I put in my mouth, it makes the whole process so much easier. It does. And that's, you know, like you say, that's the thing that not many people want to pay attention to because they like all the like sexy stuff, like lifting heavy weights and things. Mm-hmm. It's just so, cool. Yeah. I mean, for me, I'd say now the gym, I used to use the gym as my media. For example, I'd wear a MyZone belt and I would always try and, you know, look at my calories burnt and I would always be looking at my steps and then I'd be working out how many calories. You know, I was always that. Whereas now I know if I got the nutrition side relatively dialed in, again, not perfect. If I, you know, if it's pretty much on point most of the time, I'm good. I'm not yeah. obsessed by it. It's not, I don't feel guilty. You know, the other day I'd had just, I'd had just a fucking brilliant week and I thought, I'm going to go get half a litre of ice cream from this amazing ice cream shop. And I didn't feel one fucking bit guilty at all. I was like, do you know what? I want it. You know, I know food as a reward is not necessarily a good thing, but I was like, do you know what? It's a hot day. It's the best ice cream I can find. I'm going to go sit on my balcony and eat that. 
and it was delicious. Yeah. I had a great yeah. time. I felt fucking no badness about it at all. Exactly. And that's, I, mean, I don't think it's not necessarily a reward, is it? Because it's the experience as well, yeah. isn't it? You know, sitting on your balcony, like appreciating it, had a great week and whatever. So, yeah, I think that's a really healthy attitude towards food, which is a massive change, isn't it? I know. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely made a big difference getting that yeah. child in. I mean, now, obviously, this may not be uh, appropriate for everyone but you know now I kind of have a really good meal prep company that I use it makes it simple for me but even then I've got enough that covers you know the protein requirements I need the good energy that I need and there's still like five six hundred calories a day of wiggle room so I can either make something healthy or I can bank it all and have a fun Friday or if I just want I go for a little walk every night every night I often have one scoop of ice cream I just go around the river have a scoop and I'm it's a lovely end to the day so yeah I'm in a very good place, you know, with nutrition yeah. now, which I haven't been for, if I'm honest, a very long time. Yeah, that's amazing. I'm really happy to hear that. Thank you. So something else I want to ask you about, you mm-hmm. are, I think, quite well known for your resilience. Yep. So I know, obviously, you mentioned your hip there, <laughs> and obviously you had your little accident on the bike. Yes, um, so be. you've gotten a bit bashed up lately. So in terms of... You know, I think a lot of people would be really interested to hear about where does that resilience come from and can you cultivate it? And, you know, how do you manage to keep going and keep your resilience kind of topped up? I mean, if I was to sum it up, the thing that has got me through everything and there was a seven month period where and bear in mind this first thing might sound a little bit wanky but I come from very very little mum and dad weren't wealthy and I looking back at my childhood I realized how many sacrifices they made you know mum had three jobs you know dad worked full-time job special needs sister who took a lot of care you know when you look back some of the things that like for example my dad because he'd have a fuel card so he could drive us places for his old job back in the day and there's this humpback bridge and used to just drive me and my sister over it for like an hour either side just not fast and wasn't trying to kill us but it's just you know that <laughs> feeling of you like like a roller coaster feeling and yeah. he said you know that's all he could afford to do couldn't afford to take us anywhere but he could take us for a little drive and show us things and take us on walks and stuff so i say this so i've always loved going fast so i love fast so in the space of i think in or in that year so 2020 i had a couple of jet skis that i used to use with you know clients and for fun when i used to live in brighton so they got stolen first of all mm-hmm. so i've had two things i've wanted my whole life stolen then the day they got stolen was the day i actually found out that my dad had cancer um so i had that call in the morning then i got a call from the people who looked after him said sorry they've been stolen i was like well do you know what compared to what i've just heard it's like yeah fine. then obviously all of us had corona to deal with um my boys who run my gym they're like the children that I've never had. I love them dearly. They are the most wonderful gentlemen ever. I'm really proud of the men they've turned up to. But they were obviously panicking. So obviously I had to make yeah. sure they were secure. And then obviously everyone online. So obviously everyone online was starting to lose their shit. Then, uh, unfortunately, Dad passed in July of that year. I had, let's just say, a very dynamic relationship at that point, which was a little bit challenging. And I thought, this year's been a been a fucker. This has yeah. been this has been hard. And I remember saying to him, well, at least it can't get any worse. And I got run over. So, yeah, on my uh, on my motorbike. And it was a new bike, which I'd bought a couple of days after Dad passed as a little thing to kind of cheer me up. And, yeah, so obviously my pride and joy got destroyed as well as, you know, me. I mean, but, you know, carbon fibers, just way more. Your body will grow new bones and stuff. Carbon <laughs> fibers are really, really fiddly to fit. You can't glue it together. But anyway, so, yeah, and I, and I realized, I remember just thinking to myself, 
if I didn't have, you know, my ability to be resilient, I'd be fucked by now. Yeah. And honestly, it boils down to routine. It yeah. like I do give or take the same things every day. And it just allow and I have a few little little systems, SOPs, you know, things mm. that allow me to if something goes wrong, I okay, I've got a little structure. So for me, it's the same things every day. You know, I it's I'm not gonna be one of those cold shower ice wankers. Okay. I mean it's good. No, it works. Yeah, you know, look, I'm not for me, I wake up, I have a cold shower, go for a walk, come back do a bit of sort of, you know, I wouldn't even call it journaling. I just get what's out of my head. Sometimes it's like a to-do list. Sometimes it's just yeah. things I want to do. Sometimes I'm just fucking rage writing. Don't know what it is. Then I start my day. And so that's, a, a, I have a similar evening routine as well, which is stretching, um, an Epsom salt bath, reading with my glasses. So basically a lot of things I do just, it's, it's just routine. When you've got shitty times, routine mm-hmm. is your friend. And I will say a lot of people, I'm holding up my phone here. Um, a lot of people get, too reliant on their phone in a bad way as in it's notifications it's people pinging you and getting after you so for me best thing that i've done and i've done this now for for two years and i get all my clients to do it is a four-week calendar i've got a fuck the gregorian calendar it's (laughs) no it's annoying why so i mean it just does my head in why has it got 28 that one's got 30 that's 31 shut up make it equal sorry i like routine routine gives so for example for me I went through my whole life. I did a bit of an audit of my life. I looked at the areas that were lacking and those areas that were strong. So the areas that were strong, I kind of put on MED, minimum effective dose, just maintenance. Let's keep them just ticking along the areas that were weak. I was like, cool, what can I do every day, every week, and every month to improve them? So one of the things was, you know, know, connection was something I was really missing. So I made sure that I got in the diary time to see my mum and sister, time to see my old school friends. You know, once a month I go and travel. Basically, all my internet friends live in fucking Narnia, for want of a better phrase. They all live all over the place. So, I, I you know, I say to myself, you know, every week I'm going to go see uh, mum. Every two weeks I'm going to we, – we now play badminton. This is the show in our age. Play badminton with boys. So we play badminton, but I would do that. And then once a month I would go and visit a friend somewhere. So yeah. I do that. A walk a day for me is a non-negotiable, you know, non-negotiable. I've even got wet weather, you know, kind of like overall type things I can wear. Like if it's, it's pissed, every day I go for a walk with music on. Yeah. It makes me happy. The gym, three times a week. I do offer more than that, but it's minimum, non-negotiable. These are all things that I do, you know, reading, non-negotiable. You know, yeah. doing, uh, educational stuff, non-negotiable. I just put them into my diary. Now, yes, it's easy for me because I haven't got certain things. So you might, if you, you know, got kids or commitments or things, then you're going to have to be realistic. and You might have mm-hmm. to let something go. I'll get up a little bit earlier, a bit later or whatever. But for me, it has been routine. And the fact is, I do this every time I kind of feel a little bit out of sorts, or as my, my friend Tag would say, some type of way. Yeah. I sit down, I do another life and business audit. I go through everything really practically. Okay, cool, let's look at this, let's look at that. Let's take things really structured. And then I put a plan in place. And then what I do, it generally takes me about two or three hours. I then program my phone. So I put my phone, I, I, I ignore the calendar months. I don't, I, you know, I used to do it when I was a personal trainer as well. So I used to work in, you know, cycles. And it was like every four yeah. weeks, we just do four week cycles. It's nice and simple. It's easy programming. So I know there's things I do daily that keep me on track, things that I do weekly that are on track and monthly that are on track. You know, for example, I could do all the training and the reading and all that kind of stuff. But if I'm not, if I don't, it sounds late, like I don't, I love my mum and sister to bits. And it's only us, you know, since dad's gone, we've got even closer still. But I said to mum, if I have it in the diary, 
then I so basically I program my so my phone is a tool now. It used to, I used to feel trapped mm. by a mobile phone. Now my phone is a tool that serves me. My phone then tells me what to do, and I will run it through my team. I'll talk to Mum and Anna about it. I'll talk to my friend. I'll basically I'll basically once I've once I've done it, I'll just make sure is this right? Is, is have I missing? And I would say to Sarah, who's my assistant, I'll say, am I missing anything, Sarah? Is there something there that I'm not doing? And because she's known me for like seven years, she goes, yeah, you've forgotten that. Cool, pop it in. So honestly. Yeah resilience can be trained and it comes from discipline and routine yeah i'm boundaries by the sound of it yeah i'm very that's something that i mean i i never ever want to hurt anyone or make anyone feel bad or or, but people look one thing i've learned is people are silly okay people are weird humans are bizarre they're fucking weird one minute this person's doing that and then they do something have you seen the things we do for fun the amount of effort (laughs) people make to rub their midsection against someone else <laughs> Not, i mean have you ever just taken a pause and had a look and think what am i doing oh i don't want to examine it Be some you, should, you, should. Crisis. You, should. you should and it's like what are we doing with our lives what are we doing i mean it's fun obviously i'm just being silly for the sake of this podcast but <laughs> i've realized that people now people often do what's best for them so if yeah. they want to tell you to fuck off if they block you if they don't talk to you anymore that's a reaction to obviously maybe your interaction with them and that's their choice. So I now, if anyone wants to do something, if they are an asshole to me or if they disappear or if they say something weird, now I just take a pause. And this is kind of one of the things I don't react. Like mm. I used to I take a pause and go, okay, why might that person be doing that? Have, is there anything I've done that could have precipitated that response? Or, you know, often like I've, I have avoided so many confrontations with online or kind of discussions by just saying, are you okay? Before I, I would often say, before I say what I want to say, yeah. Are you all right? Have you had a bad day? Yeah. You okay? Uh, and often that is just a little tip. It wasn't my. I can't remember. Where I heard from it. Just diffuses a lot yeah. of things. Just since the pandemic, people have gone a little bit special, and I just understand that we all deal with things in our own way. Yeah. So for me, I'm a deleter. And what do I mean by that? As is in like, if somebody chooses to no longer commute, that's fine. But I just delete, and it's no. It's not like a fuck you delete. It's like, cool. Yeah. You know, I always leave a communication channel open. It's like, cool, you go do you. Wish you the best. And I just yeah. let go. Anything I can't control, I just let go of. Yeah. And I say that's yeah. really helpful. For resi- Some things you just can't change. You know, I can't get my dad back. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I love my dad. And if anyone's, you know, not familiar with me, and my dad used to call him the GOAT. Sounds for greatest of all time. It's an American thing, but he used to call it, and he loved it. He's never really had a nickname, and he loved it, and he was known as the goat. And he used to come on all my lives and stuff, and in the car with him and that, and he was fun. He's like the little emoji, the goat emoji. Yeah, yeah. He used, so yeah, so he was always, you know, he's a big part of, you know, nothing. Obviously, love my mum and sister, but you know, we. It was just it was a cool dad. So mm-hmm. I could either be consistently sad about that, and you know, a lot of people, say, you know, we all deal with bereavement in a different way, but I choose the reframe of I've got people who've had horrible dads, been hurt by their dads, never met their dads. I had 40 years of an epic dad, so yeah. I feel very grateful for that. And gratitude is also a big part of it as well. So for me, again, this is obviously broad resilience things. If I ever feel a little bit, and this especially if someone who's, if anyone listening who's doing well, if you're kind of mm-hmm. doing above average, things are going well, maybe you've got a few more pennies in your pocket, you know, successful, whatever. And for those of you who are not there yet, if you keep going, you probably get there eventually. Most people, if they keep going, you know, we're all different speeds, but you'll get there. There will be a point where you think, well, I, well, I shouldn't complain. I should, I should, I should just shut up. I'm, I'm not allowed yeah. to feel stressed or angry or upset or sad because I have, I have things. 
I have yeah. assets, I have some pennies, I have some freedom, whatever. And I am so fucking grateful for what I have. It took me a long, you know, seven plus years to get here, but I do not regret it. And now I'm enjoying the rewards of that, the work that I did then. Same as I am like with my sort of health and fitness now. That was two years ago I started doing that and it's now the rewards I'm enjoying every day. So one of the things that I will... um Sorry, I've gone off on a tangent. What was I saying? Sorry, I've done so well. On. I haven't done this once at all. This is the first one. What was my point? I am so sorry. What was I saying? <laughs> You're talking about resilience. Yeah. And um, why did I start talking about that element? Ah, oh, yes, I remember. This is my other little thing. So, yes, I got there. Got it. So, for me, something that my very, very first coach said is, when you feel shit or feel a bit down or life feels battering you in some way, turn your direction into helping someone else. So turn your direction. So it's yeah. dead. You know, if you've got a skill or an asset, you can go online, post, say, hey, I've got an hour free. Who needs some help with their, their mindset, their copy, their nutrition, uh, whatever. But for me, um, one of the things I do is where I live not far from me on the little walk. I, there's, I do a lot of um, sort of charity work when I can with the launches. We do always give percentages away. And we did a, a launch recently solely for charity. Yeah. Um, one of the things I do is there's, there's in the city where I live, you know, there's homeless people. It's common. And, I do a lot of, I, you know, I've got the little lap. I've got the same people I see all the time and I chat to them and I help them bring them food and stuff. But if I immediately feel a bit woe is me, I go and help someone else, whether it's online or I go out there and say, right, what can I do for you? You know, can I put you up for a night somewhere? Do you need some food? You know, what can I do? Yeah. So helping others is a really good way to get yourself ahead. Yeah, definitely. It's a lot of good advice there. Yeah. Um, and one that's my only pause as well sorry about that to anyone listening i've done so well staying on track and i went off on a tangent and i'm like i don't know where i've got to where am i we like the tangents it's fine okay. so it seems like right now sort of like you say everything is coming together so like mm-hmm. physically with your health and mentally and emotionally and all that kind of stuff so you're kind of yeah, coming the full package uh, yeah no i feel very happy well i said but None of this was quick. Um, it took time, you know, had to find what worked for me. You know, Hayley actually had the joys of tra- teaching me, you know, we could call it one pan Dan, trying to teach you for simplicity. And I, I like cooking. I'm a decent cook. But for me, the way my brain works is, you know, I can create a really good meal or dish, but I've just created fucking carnage in the kitchen. <laughs> my brain, you've seen what it's like. But it's, it's not me being deliberately messy or lazy. It's just... And then I can think I'll make a nice meal and I'll look at my sink and I'll be like, oh, for fuck's sake, yeah, I've got to do that. So for me, the solution that I found was a high-quality meal prep company that delivered most of my macros that still gave me time to cook a nice meal if I wanted to. But it's a case of I've got – it's like my minimum effective dose. I've got my yeah. bases covered. And even if I just go into the fridge, grab those, eat those, I know I'm on track. But yeah. when I can't be here and I'm traveling – you know, we used, what was it, Nutri-Check? So, were you that introduced me to Nutri-Check? Uh, Nutri-Check. Introduce- Nutri- yeah, yeah Nutri-Check, because um, it was more, because you were eating out a lot of the mm. time. It was it, There's more English restaurants and stuff yeah. on there, isn't there? So we used like, that. I know the sort of level to stay what I am. And do you know what? I don't really, like, I used it quite a lot with you. So I kind of mm. know what I need to do. So when I'm traveling and stuff, it's dead simple, you know. Like the other day, I was in a, a hotel for the wedding, and I was like, right. Looked at the menu. It's a nice menu. It had a Marco Pierre White restaurant. So I thought, oh, it's be nice food. And I thought, right, is the burger and chips or the sirloin steak and salad going to have more calories? And I said, I think I can probably figure that one out. <laughs> and then I was like, right. And I did want something sweet. I always like to finish with a sweet. 
And I was like, you know, does the ice cream or the does the you know the ice cream or the brownie have more calories or the sorbet? Like again, I wasn't yes. denying myself. I was just enjoying my food and I felt, you know, I don't know what it was, but give or take, I'm probably on track. So that's the kind of decisions yeah. I make now. Whereas previously, I mean, I was with our mutual friend Damien. Um, he's a big boy, but a strong, big, powerful. Um, he's a, he is he's, like a unit. He's so strong. I mean, he's so strong, but he's so much muscle, and he can eat more than me as well. Yeah, you know, he he he'd had a the you know, it, and my rule of thing I would always have if you're in a hotel because I never have an English breakfast. It's not something I do. He's like, do you want to meet for breakfast? And I was like, yeah, I do, but I know me and a breakfast buffet is not a fan. And then there was at the wedding the day before, it was very buffet style, and I ate. Uh, I think 14 pieces of Battenberg cake. So I can't be trusted. Yeah, I know. I saw it. It's from my childhood. And I was like, they, they, weren't, they weren't fucking great big slices. They're about like two inch square. And I yeah. had a piece and I was like, well, these are all Dan's now then. <laughs> I just put them all on my plate. And I'm like, there's none for anyone else. I don't care. <laughs> what have we learned about buffets today? Yeah, buffets are... Buffets, are, I think anyone finds it difficult to control themselves around a buffet, really. Yeah, I mean, for me, I mean, this may not be, especially if you've got, you know, kids and little ones. I know they love their snacks and stuff. But one of the things <laughs> that's worked really well for me is I just don't have anything unhealthy in the house. Yeah, it's Literally, more of an avoidance. There's nothing in here. And I've deleted all There's just a little thing that I've just might be. I've also deleted all of the delivery apps off my phone. And I use my laptop. So if I want something yeah. in, I have to go yeah. in, I have to sign mm-hmm. in, I have to put in the password. It's nothing saved. I've, I've deliberately yeah. made it a little bit more of a ball ache. Yeah. And there's a part, and but my main thing is if I if I'm well, I really want something, I have to go and get it. I have to go foraging. Yeah. So it stops me doing it. So it's yeah, having it's a bit of space between the yeah. trigger and the action doesn't it yeah. just that impulsivity just a little tip that's worked for me i just don't like yeah. literally there is nothing in my house bar the meal prep some protein bars uh some dried fruit and some nuts and that's it so if i you know that's if i wake up you know i used to have this terrible thing that i used to do like there was some snacks and when my mum dad and sister moved in with me during the pandemic for a little bit because they're moving house so they'd have all their snacks and i'd be like <laughs> It's like there's this little goblin that wakes me up at two in the morning and go, there's a Mars bar out there. And my <laughs> mum once heard something, she wasn't used to live with me. And there's, I just fucking inhaled four Mars bars at two in the morning. I'm like, what am I doing? So, yeah. Your mum is great at snacks, though. She is. A, she's, do you know what? She, I'm actually really proud of my mum on this one because I said to her, I said, like, again, again, prefix, love at any site. You can be what you want. Okay, but I know. I used to, my mum would buy snacks. I was like, mum, do you want grandkids one day? Then maybe, you know. <laughs> Stop making me turn into a meatball. Like, seriously. <laughs> so she's my mum has been absolutely brilliant because I've been slaying to her. I said, I know you, you're a feeder and you love to show your love with food. But, and again, this might be useful for some people there, but I took the time mm-hmm. to educate my mum and yeah. just say, right, this is what these are good. So now when I go around, there's packs of chicken, there's packs of ham, there's fresh mm-hmm. fruit. Um, if she's yeah. bought, uh, you know, low calorie things, you know, she's, she still thinks, you know, for example, she thinks like low fat is good, which is cool. I'm like, okay. You know, I'm like, okay with that. That's okay. Yeah. But like, she'll get like sugar free things and there's only sugar free drinks in the house. You know, she's really tried. And I think sometimes we get sabotaged, not in a bad way by like partners no. and loved ones. But I took the time to say, I love you, mum. But I would turn up on my bike to go see mum and sister. And there would literally be, you know, I'd have a little backpack. It's like a 15 litre, just a small backpack that you wear on, on a bike. And it would be full, full of stuff. And there'd be like cans of pop. There would be 
donuts, there'd be cakes, there'd be meat, and I'd be like, I'd get home and I'd say, right, I'm going to put that away. Would I fuck? I'd fucking snorting it. <laughs> get so rid of it quickly. Yeah, that was it. I like better get rid of all these snacks. So yeah, that's another again another dungeon there for everyone listening. So my final question, yeah. as we bring things to a close, that I like to ask everybody: uh-huh. Have you got any advice, or what is your best bit of advice for someone who may be currently in that kind of either starting their business or in that period of like I must work twenty fucking hours on my business? Is you know, in hindsight. Um, knowing what you know about your health and how your business affected mm-hmm. it, is there a, a piece of advice you'd like to give people in that situation? Yeah, uh, I, I don't sugarcoat shit. If you want success, you're probably going to have to choke on a bag of dicks for a while. Like, <laughs> you are going to have to, like, seriously, think about it this way. If you want to get to where you want to be, it's going to take hard work. And you can condense that hard work like I did, or you can spread it out over time. It's your choice. You decide what level you want to play at. Okay, that's something you've got to decide. What would I have done if I, you know, would I, you know, gone to bed earlier, got up later? No, because I needed that time to do the work. But what yeah. would I have done is I would have definitely been mindful of my caffeine intake. Okay, mm-hmm. I'd have optimized my sleep to make sure the sleep that I did have was as good as it could get. Yeah. Um, I would have factored in a little more personal and downtime. But I think the key thing I would have done is I would have worked out what do I need to eat to keep me fueled and going for that period of time. And I would have found time to either get like a meal prep solution or I'd have meal prep myself or found a way to do it so that I didn't have to think. So I yeah. would say if you can find a way to prep your food, get what you need ready, so you, the, the less thinking you have to do, so the less you have to work. I mean, I, I saw a meme about this. It's like, it's, you know, being a grown-up is just figuring out what you have for dinner every day until the day you die. Okay. <laughs> And it is a pain, you know, it is a pain in the ass. But I think if you can make your life simple, if you can make it easy, if you can, you know, I thrive on probably being a bit boring. As I mean, I can eat the same things day in, day out, every day with an evening off to kind of be free, go out for dinners, maybe make something, you know, if I was with my partner at the time, you know, make something together, go out for a nice date night or something like that. But I would say, you know, make it simple. So literally make it simple for you to succeed. I would say, you know, I would say that would be a great place to start. And also be aware of your triggers. So, for example, Mm. I was an emotional eater. If I got stressed, I'd eat. If I got happy, I'd eat. You know, it was my Mm. thing. It's quite common. So I will say it's being mindful of those triggers and maybe working out why that pisses you off, what you can do about it, and maybe think of other ways of doing it, ways of addressing it without having to resort to snorting a million cakes. (laughs) yeah that's those kind of alternative coping mechanisms yeah yeah you're kind of doing that to sort of fill a hole yeah yeah and that's it you know it was alcohol as well with me it was just kind of that was so yeah that's what I would change you know I wouldn't you know I stand by the effort I put in and I say if you want to achieve something of merit or of note it takes time and it takes work and it takes more than you probably imagine both time and work but yeah, the thing, you know, I wouldn't change that and I don't regret it and I and I stick by what I did to get to where I am. But yeah. I would have fueled myself better and looked at better coping mechanisms than the ones that I had at the time. And I would have addressed the underlying concerns. Susan. Yeah. So a bit of a roundabout one there, but I hope that was what you're after. No, that's awesome. It's realistic and pragmatic advice. Mm. So it wasn't online guru-ish of like, just yeah. and you die. Otherwise, mm. you don't want it enough. Yeah, it's fucking bullshit, isn't it? Honestly, absolute <laughs> nonsense. 
<laughs> that is awesome. Thank you so much. You're welcome. It's been really Pleasure. fun. So, yeah, and you can find um, Coffee with Dan and stuff. I will put the links in the show notes. So go join if you're not already a member. If you're a business owner, you need to be in there because there's lots of really cool people and advice. Um, And I also put a link to Dan's book, um, How to Be Fucking Awesome, uh, in the show notes too. So, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for Um, listening. Hope that made sense at some point. It was amazing. Thank you. Um, And thank you to everyone else for listening. And until next week, please take care of yourselves.